This week on the Magnificently Huge Podcast, it's Ghosts versus Psychos. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. So it's Halloween time, and that means horror movies. And I want to know from you right now, go ahead and tell me. I can hear you. I can seek you. What is actually scarier to you? A person who is crazy, not so psychotic with a knife who can break into your apartment and stab you to death? Or something that goes creak in the middle of the night and it turns out it's actually uh, Satan and he's come to... Uh, I don't know, drag you to hell uh, where you'll burn in eternity forever. Like, which is more scary? The thing you know actually can exist or the thing that you intellectually know absolutely can't exist but has a, 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 a way higher sort of uh, scare threshold. That's kind of that's kind of our approach today. Which of these things is really scarier? We dig into some films that are great examples of scary of both. Um, and... There's fresh shit. There's there's a travel log. There's recipes. There's charming stories about squirrels and back to the Magnificent Podcast. <laughs> you should work for NPR. That's amazing. <laughs> this is, is oh, Eric. Name. Oh, yeah. we should do a leading like that. Hello and yeah. welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast. I'm Eric Reed. These are my co-hosts, Brian, Brian Kruger, Chris Ryerson. And today we're going to talk no. some shit. Can't, I don't you know. Can't. They're I like, can't do that it. devolves into the whole, like, today we're going to talk about the family recipe for sweaty balls. I mean, it's yeah, like yeah. I just yeah. realized you need material to continue that. Uh, yeah, it doesn't work. That premise. Anyway. Welcome to the program, A. Eh? Welcome. Uh, I, I, uh, I, I, went, I was gone on a cruise last week. I don't recommend it. Uh, is, that your, is that your fresh shit lead-in? N- fresh shit. Uh-oh. Okay, oh. no. Oh. I was going to just talk. I was going to do a no? lead-in okay. to fresh shit, but yeah, fuck it. This shit is fresh. Oh, shit. That is fresh. This stuff is really boats, boats, avoid them. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> Who's first? What you've been watching, I mean, doing, listening? I mean, have you ever watched an episode of The Love Boat? That never makes me want to take a fucking cruise ever. I'm surprised yeah, that you guys true. do it so often with the '80s thing that you do. I I like doing it for the '80s bands and the music, okay. but when you go on yeah. one without that unifying principle, it's you're on there with an amazing amount of like sort of MAGA right wing sort of right? toads. And and this was a budget cruise, so I have a feeling it was a lot of budget people. It's not so much the, the cruise I have a problem with. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh-huh. See, there you go. No. Why is the 80s cruise appealing? First of all, total drink package. No children. Mm-hmm. Just keep getting drinks. Number two, no children. Three, mm-hmm. constant distractions. Yes. Activities out the wazoo. 
Yes, yes, that's the thing. It's like you need a unifying principle for everybody yeah. to be there. I, at one point, we, we sat out, nothing to do, you know, went out onto the deck, and they had movie nights, and, <laughs> okay, this is worth worth mentioning. This is a good segue into fresh shit. They were playing uh, Thor, Love and Thunder, which I did not watch. It's not okay. like a, a, a fresh shit thing, but I did, you know, she and I both sat down for about 10 minutes of it. My wife despises superhero movies. I don't think I've ever dragged her successfully to one. And we're just sitting there making fun of it for like the entire time we're sitting there until she says, nice. I think we're bumming people out. Good. Okay. <laughs> That's the thing that always like weirds me out about cruises is the fact that one of your activities is you could go watch a fucking movie. It's like, you're on yeah, the high seas, you you've anywhere. got all this other shit to do. It's like, why would you do that? I mean, I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. I think it's I think it's more to like get kids to, you know, calm the fuck down and shut the fuck up. I there guess. was actually a whole yeah. side thing just for kids so that they could like lock them away. And what I kept laughing at was the idea that, yeah, parents love their kids so much so that they got to get rid of them the first chance they get. No. Absolutely. So the very first cruise I was ever on was like a one-day Ensenada trip that my grandmother wanted to go on because she wanted to go on cruise. And yeah, that's exactly what was done with me. I watched Goldie Hawn's Protocol on like <laughs> some giant screen nice. TV in the you know on a VHS tape, and and then um, you know the the cruise I went on when my kids were little. You're damn Skippy. We put them in the kid program yeah. and was like, well. They can't escape, so we can do whatever. You know, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Pro but <laughs> Protocol, part part two of the Goldie Hawn trilogy of dumb blonde gets joke she's under job she's underqualified for. You know, there was there was Private <laughs> Benjamin, Protocol, uh -huh. and then Wildcats. Oh, wild! Bingo. I thought I thought you were say overboard. Like she's just no, no. That one she was okay. right in her element. Yeah, that one <laughs> okay. is almost a, a satyr play. Of the, I forgot uh, about uh, Goldie Hawn trilogy. I forgot about Wildcats. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that one back. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I haven't had to oh, use the, the term Seder play in like decades. Wow. Was that from when you went to Hebrew school? <laughs> <laughs> you fucking weirdo. <laughs> uh. Anyway, uh. so how about actual fresh shit then? Yeah, okay. how about it? Yeah. Uh, I've, I've been watching, for no good reason, House of the Dragon on HBO. The HBO's answer to Amazon's answer to uh, Game of Thrones. You know, because yeah. there was that whole uh, 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 Lord of the Rings or Tolkien yeah. show. Uh, yeah, so this is the other one. And apparently... It's very boring and not at all like Game of Thrones, but I've never watched Game of Thrones, so it's an interesting approach. I don't know any yeah. of the anything behind this I'm, show except what they tell me. Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up because seems... uh, I want to hear Brian's take because he was a full-on Game of Thrones dude. So, yeah. Well, oh, oh. I've only watched the fir first episode of uh, House of the Dragon. I did watch all of Game of Thrones, and actually that first episode seems very much like a Game of Thrones show, which is that before you get to the end of it, they're just taking their sweet ass time and it's all about palace intrigue and sort <laughs> right. of like the maneuverings of all these characters and who's and and the thing about House of the Dragon at least the first episode it is it is, it is just a mean show like this show hates everybody it hates <laughs> all of its characters it hates you it wants you to know it fuck you and fuck these characters is pretty much the whole attitude <laughs> of the show and um 
I haven't really gotten further into it because, I mean, the stress level in my life is such that we, we try to avoid stuff that's too, like, anxiety-inducing. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, but I did feel like the first episode very much felt like a Game of Thrones show, so I'm curious how you're, how you're, I, how you're I thinking about it I wonder, actually, if that's why I like it, because I hate me, too, and I like watching <laughs> characters that I'm not supposed to like or have sympathy for. The worst thing for me is watching a cringy comedy where somebody I'm supposed to identify with keeps accidentally doing things like shitting their pants or, like, you know, walking in on things and being embarrassed for them that's the worst for me this is nothing but people killing each other and dying and yeah and there's dragons there's a fuckload of dragons i love in a show called house of dragons there better be dragons i mean one would hope right because when i tried watching game of thrones i got into that quite a ways and i'm like where's the fucking dragons Ah, oh yeah, this took a long time with the dragons. Yeah. So here's yeah. the only thing that I want to, because I ha- I don't really I haven't watched Game of Thrones since like season two, uh, and I don't watch House of Dragons, but I'm just curious as to uh, how you feel about the wig that Matt Smith is forced to wear in this. <laughs> is it good? Is it bad? Does it look like a? Wig? Oh, it's bad. It's okay. bad than worse. In fact, they get rid of it like by about episode two or three. Oh they, they, damn. They, okay. They they okay. chop his hair down a bit so he looks like that Jodfrey fellow. I'm aware of <laughs> okay. Game of okay. Thrones. I just never watched it. But no, right. I'm, it, I'm it actually is... more amazed at Matt Smith's agent and what he gets. It's like he's in so many things that... Have I discussed this before? I feel like I'm always yeah, so talking many, about... Yeah, yeah. Bad versions yeah, yeah. of things. Like he's in all of the bad yeah, genre yeah. stuff. Yeah, but it's work. Like I never fault an actor for getting work. He was in the bad work. Terminator film and he was in... Um, Morbius. Yeah, right? that's the one yeah, that made me go that. what? Well, he's in that last night in Soho as well, which I never finished. I just yeah, uh, yeah. He so. was he was in the wrong uh 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 right movie. What was his name? The, the director Edgar Wright. He was in the wrong yeah. Edgar Wright last movie. Last night in Soho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I don't know. I don't deny him. You know, get your work. You know, you, yeah. you good for him that he's getting jobs. And not being typecast as the doctor, but holy shit, get on the ground floor is something better than this. Well, if well, anything, he's trying too hard to not get typecast as a doctor. Like everything he does now is like, what's like the opposite of the doctor? Because yeah. the yeah, never cruel or ca- nor cowardly is the doctor. His character in Game of Thrones, pretty cruel and cowardly. Yeah, <laughs> kind of a badass too. There's a there there are parts in there where he is incredibly badass, and it's kind of fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's, just he's a, in his element just chopping cocksucker. people up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's okay. I mean, that's the thing. I, I recommend it as something to have on. I, I do not think it's the greatest <laughs> thing ever on television. <laughs> yeah. I like the, dragons. The, I like blood and you know, there's the, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't really care about you know, the okay. palace intrigue, except of course, for the fact that I don't like any of them. So anytime anyone loses, I'm happy. Yeah, I think what they yeah, need and that's the other, the, that's the other thing about the Game of Thrones in general is no one is safe. Don't get attached to any character. In fact, yeah. if the show is manipulating you into getting attached to that character, Gone. that's probably Gone. a sign that character is getting killed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What they yeah. need to do is like show. They need to pull like a Tom Stoppard, and they need to do like a show about some ancillary character like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, and just play up that angle. So you're getting. 
like Game of Thrones, but from the perspective of some side character that's just <laughs> like in the wings. Right. I think that would be more interesting than what they're doing with it from what I've seen. But that's just and me. I, I mean, I'm not, again, not, without really knowing the whole Game of Thrones universe, uh, but this is based on, it says it's based on a novel, A Song of Fire and Ice, which I'm guessing is its its own thing. It's like, it's not, it's not, it's taking an actual novel and adapting it. There's real s- story going on, right? It's basically right. what I'm saying. It's not another shit prequel. Well, you know, or is it? No, it, 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 it looks like it has promise. I, I, I don't know how it's performing. I, I think it's performing fairly well. I think HBO is happy with it. I mean, how I did. I'm interested to continue it. I just, you know, I have to take it and, and I have to pace myself. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Right. One reason I'm out, it's just sort of like when they went from Walking Dead to Fear the Walking Dead, it's just like, I just don't need <laughs> exactly. more of this. So I'm and, good. And Thank there's you. a ton of like, like one-off Walking Dead movies. Like Submarine yeah. of the Walking Dead and Walking Dead in Space <laughs> and The Singing Dancing right? Dead. I don't know, yeah, but yeah. there's like a ton of them. So yeah, Ugh. I'm good. I'm good. But I'm glad you enjoy the background noise. Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> okay. there's a great uh, sitcom, kind of sitcom. It's, a mul- it's not like a multi-camera sitcom. Okay, it's a show called Reboot about them making <laughs> a reboot of a multi-camera sitcom from the 90s. Uh, right. And hmm. it's uh, um, Key and Peele. I can't remember. I'm going to... Yeah, Keegan-Michael oh, Key. Uh, Keegan-Michael uh, Key. Yeah. And He's it, like, he's one of those guys who will do anything. Like, he's in everything. Well, yeah, but this is really good. He likes to work. And he yeah. kind of carries it. Uh, Keegan-Michael Key, Johnny Knoxville. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, the, I can't remember uh, that uh, actress's name, but she's in like she does voices for Archer. She was in. Uh, I always want to call her Pam Greer, Judy Greer, Judy, Judy Greer. Greer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, Rachel Bloom is you know the the producer who says she wants to reboot this thing, and Paul Reiser is her dad oh, who owns Reiser. the rights to the original run, and so she's forced to work with him. And it's the best you've ever seen, Paul Reiser. He is He's so kind of a. A weird resurgence. A renaissance. He showed up, yeah. Yeah, he showed up in The Boys as a complete and utter cocksucker. It was amazing to watch him just play that low. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because usually he's like the nice jovial chap, but he was just a dick in The Boys, man. Oh. Yeah. Oh. He's kind <laughs> of a dick him. here, but not like yeah. as as horrible of one. But anyway, it's it's funny. I'm not going to say much about it. I guess I kind of want somebody to go see it too so we can jam on it. But it's it's on Hulu. It's funny. Okay. It's good for you. It's also Got it's it. also a sitcom, so don't expect too much. Who's next? Okay, never do. Okay. <laughs> oh, you're done. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I I figured it was unfair of me to bring two, so I wanted to like very quickly oh. signal that oh, yeah, lane yeah, yeah, change yeah. and get off I've the freeway. I've brought so much yeah. fresh. Brian's shit. probably bought like no. thirty, so you're good. You're good. I'm I'm again. I'm having to kind of filter. Okay. <laughs> but, um, I want to put a quick word in. Um, we watched the Mark Marin Netflix special called End Times Fun, <laughs> and End Times Fun was shot at the end of 2019, 
and he's talking about just how fucked the world is. And he's like, what would it take for us to snap out of this crap? It would have to be something really bad. And I'm just like, oh, Mark Marin. Oh, you, my God. You don't That's know. That's so awesome. <laughs> like, in like three months. Yeah. And it's amazing to watch this special on the other side of that and just watch him because because he could have easily been talking about COVID, but he hadn't even gotten there yet. And and I'm like, where is my next Mark Marin special? I need the sequel to this thing. Do you remember like about the mid last decade, there was something, I can't remember what it was. It was some show where basically they would show you an episode of like Lost or something. And these little word bubbles would pop up and point to things and mention right. things about the show you're watching. That oh, would have been pop a pop-up video. Yeah, pop-up video yeah. would have been good for that. But written by him, like, holy shit, who saw that coming? Oh my, yeah, yeah that's prophetic, nice. Mark. Yeah. Yeah. No, seriously, watch End Times Fun and just, just, I, I, I can just picture Eric's jaw just dropping and the grin and the <laughs> eyes and, ah, you know. Anyway. Um, all right. So I'm going to talk about um, at least one concert that I went to. I finally saw Roger Waters live. Um, in, in between shows here. Uh, so this is the, this is not a drill tour and, um, you come out with a drill. (laughs) No, No, this is not a drill. That's what he's. Yeah, I know. But I figured maybe some ironic comedy now that he's too old to be really mad at me. So the thing is, yeah, Roger Waters is 78 years old, but like his show is still like the most dangerous thing out there. Like he is. never given a fuck and he really doesn't give a fuck now and the the show begins with roger basically saying and this giant screen you know putting up the same words he's saying and secondly if you're one of those i love pink floyd but i can't stand roger's politics people might do well to fuck off to the bar <laughs> Let me start like every show with that though. That's his shtick for this well, particular. That is tour. how the show starts, and yeah, yeah, yeah. he's. Yeah. I mean, he's he's definitely very very much about you know violence and or anti-violence. Really, you know, it, it's he's he is. I'll tell you what. Um, the song "The Bravery of Being Out of Range" is so much better live than it is on Radio Chaos. Okay. Um, but in general, yeah, it was a it was a really well done, compelling show. The band was tight. Um, they they did a lot of Floyd stuff. They did um, you know, in the flesh as as part of their section of the wall, and they did it just like it was a you know like it was a rally, you know, a Nazi rally. You know, Rogers out there in the trench coat and being a fascist. <laughs> Round. It was in a. It was in the basketball or the hockey stadium, 
and he had this weird, was sort of a cross-shaped thing of video walls that no matter where you were looking at it was basically a giant screen and that was the one thing that I was a little disappointed was I'm seeing Roger Waters in a decent sized arena and the light show could have been more of a light show but eh I mean the screens were pretty pretty great and he did you know he was showing footage of like you know, Americans killing journalists with, with drones and shit and calling out who was who. And yeah, it was it was very political. It was it was well performed. Something um, Arizona needs. I can't imagine they were that happy. <laughs> I mean, there were probably a number of people in Arizona that needed to fuck right off to the bar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so yeah, good stuff. Uh, glad I've finally seen Roger Waters live. I've seen Waters and I've seen Floyd now, so I feel like I've I've checked some things off the old bucket list. Um, I'll I'll reserve other fresh shit for another for the next episode. So, Chris, you can you can bring us home here. Uh, okay. Have either of you seen Werewolf by Night on Disney Plus yet? Not yet. Not Never yet. Heard of it. That's uh well, it's it's part of the MCU TV universe, but this was done as a special presentation, so it's a one-off. But it's based on the '70s horror comic that Marvel did called Werewolf by Night, which is about a guy that turns into a werewolf. But it's got a whole vibe like the it's probably the best TV show that Marvel has done. It's just I was totally not expecting anything from it, but it's basically set up like a black and white universal monster movie and it's all you know atmosphere and the whole nine yards but basically it's a bunch of these monster hunters show up uh at a like a remote castle to celebrate the death of their former leader and then determine who's going to win this thing called the bloodstone which is basically they have to hunt a monster on the grounds and whoever gets the monster wins the this thing that gives them immense power And so it's all of like the intrigue and then it just goes from there and it's the most violent of the MCs. I mean, they almost Deadpool three it, but it's in black and white. So they get away with a lot and it's just, Hmm. it's funny. It's dark. It's got a lot of monstery vibes that you just haven't seen in the MCU stuff yet. It's just so good. And I wish they would make it a series because it's, I think it's Gail Garcia Bernal is the main guy. And he's oh, just yeah. really good. He's very understated. Uh, there's a lot of like sidebar stuff going on, and it's just, it was just so good. And they did it strictly for Halloween, you know? They did just to get the clicks and the views. But they should put well, this it's one nice. In the directorial de- Go ahead. It, it's nice to have some uh, uh, Marvel thing that doesn't have to tie into yeah you know, their universe. Well, it's very much like their old stick in the '70s, where they would do all these sort of like. Uh, I don't know exploitation comics almost because you got like the horror stuff that they would do and the black exploitation stuff they would do. This is very much in line with that sort of thing. But then, and I don't want to spoil the surprise, but one of their uh, other sort of big characters of that particular subgenre, the B stuff, shows up, and it's very well done. But it's not forced. It's just everything about it was just really, really above par. And I just I'm sad that it's not a show. Hmm. 
This is the directorial debut of of composer Michael Frappuccino or whatever, however I pronounce it. <laughs> yeah, I read that too. I was like, that's so weird. But yeah, it's good. Yeah, Michael Frappuccino. That's a yeah, name. Uh, Whether it's wrong or right, that's a name. <laughs> Giacaccio. I don't yeah. know how to pronounce Gian- his last name. Yeah, Gianchino, I think it is. Something Gianchino, like that. okay. Frappuccino. But, uh, but uh, yeah. but yeah, the whole thing from stem to stern, just it's so well done. Like the production design is just amazing because they hewed so much to the the classic Universal with a a little uh, hint of Hammer film motif in there, and it's just basically like the haunted cemetery in the middle of nowhere kind of a vibe. I mean, it's just yeah, it's good, and it's only I like an really hour. Long. Wish. I really wish someone would bring back, like, like try and do a Hammer film, you know? Like, yeah. but, but now, I mean, I, I think of the yeah, Edgar right. Wright oh. preview from um, the Grindhouse movies. Right. The, the, what was it? Don't. It was something like that, but that's exactly <laughs> what it could be. It's just, they were yeah, scary yeah. as fuck, and they were full of blood. Yeah. It's, you know. Isn't Hammer an actual, at least the brand, been releasing stuff in recent years? I thought uh, they were doing something. I can't. I honestly Who couldn't knows? tell you. Horror's not my yeah. like go-to genre. And honestly, if it's not classic Hammer, I don't really care that much. Yeah, that's kind of what I mean. That's it's fair. like I wish somebody would like try and recreate that classic look because I'm pretty sure whatever they're doing, it, yeah. they're horror films, but they're not. You know the. Um, well, yeah. Definitely, the, the, definitely of yeah. the time. But uh, why can't I think of any of their names? Damn it, Peter Cushing. They're not the Peter yeah. Cushing films. Yeah. yeah. Well, Plumber, uh, Peter Cushing. Uh, yeah. Christopher oh, Lee. Christopher, Christopher Lee. Lee. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, even when they did like the Sherlock Holmes, uh, Hound of the Baskervilles. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's Sherlock Holmes, but they totally did it like a Hammer movie. I mean, it's just there's it's so. <laughs> unique in the Sherlock Holmes move because it's just it's a hammer horror film first and foremost it just happens to be a Sherlock Holmes movie it's so funny to watch yeah. but yeah I, Chris I, I I probably should have brought this for the fresh out I'll just say I did finish watching the last episode of She-Hulk um, I still haven't watched that one and yeah yeah I'll just I'll just say this like this show is extremely meta and really I had I had said this before when I when I brought it to the fresh shit but it it really holds true the main antagonist of the She-Hulk show is the kind of internet jackass that is pissed off that there is a She-Hulk <laughs> show and <laughs> nice Cut that in the it's, bud it's it's kind of yeah it, it's it, it's a delicate piece of like totally knowing exactly what it is and making fun of itself and the rest of the MCU in the process. Right. Um, yeah, they they take some swings. They take some big swings. I'll say that. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's uneven. Um, but eh, you might as well finish it. I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see what you think of the ending of it. I just, I mean, I haven't even started it yet. Honestly, most of the MCU stuff okay. is just not on my radar. I just did Werewolf by Night because it just, I'm like, oh, it's a one-off. So if I hate yeah, it, I'm no not, commitment. In, I'm not invested. And then I finished it, and I was pissed off because I'm like, this of all things needs to be a series. I mean, it, it was way better than anything now that they've done. Even Moon Knight, 
uh, probably She-Hulk, Ms. Marvel, whatever. I mean, Mo- it's just, Moon you know, Knight didn't stick the landing. Ms. Marvel didn't stick the landing. Yeah. They they both start off stronger than they end. Yeah, I've heard um, that. Like the their their approach with the TV stuff has been don't give it as epic or as film cinematic and a treatment as the actual movies because they don't want people to stop going to the movie theaters. Yeah, but at the I same mean, time, not, it's like, yeah. Not yeah. really. Because why do that if you're, <laughs> you're going to tie in all of the weird extraneous Easter egg yeah. shit that does the through line? Because they're doing the yeah. same stuff in the shows that they do in the movies. So everything is just this one giant package. So you, if you don't keep up with all of it, you're, you're kind of lost on the, the references. Huh. That's what irritates me now. Yeah. It's just too okay. much. Well, and that's, and that's the thing about the, the ending of She-Hulk is that she knows it's a show and she's like, can we not, can we not just do that? You know, <laughs> like, okay. can we just be the law show? And, and that's, I'm, I'm, I'm really close to going too far with explaining that, but yeah, they, um, okay. They, they know, <laughs> I, mean, what I can say I'll for put, sure. They definitely know. I'll put it on the list, but yeah, they're just, uh, it's just a lot of commitment <laughs> for all of the stuff yeah, out I there. Mean, it's crazy. The, the truth is you could probably watch about half of the episodes and, and get everything you need out of it. Yeah. Okay. But anyway. Yeah. All right. There's one other thing I want to kick in there. I forgot to mention. I did watch the Batman that we discussed a while back. Oh, had you, yeah. had you not seen it when we no, discussed no. it? No, no, <laughs> I had not. Okay. I finally Probably. watched it and yeah. I, 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 Good I, on you. I think it's one of the best Batmans. Because he's actually really? a detective, I ah. think uh, that that approach to the Riddler is great. the one, The one thing they do is they overdo the ending. They over, you know, over movify the plot. You know, they they could have just stuck with I blew up the dike around Gotham and I flooded the fucking city. If it had ended there, I would have howled with laughter. I just killed thousands of people. I win, nanny nanny. End of movie. That would have been great. I guess. I mean, it just <laughs> it was just hard to to get into. I mean, I just I I don't know how to explain it. It just it left me wanting. We did a whole yeah. show about it. people can go back and listen, but yeah, I was just sort of nonplussed because it it was a little too little too late. And my whole deal then and it is still now. It's like Batman even grittier and darker it's yeah. like every time they do a batman they gotta just up the ante just slightly and it's just yeah irritating. they're never quite sure where to you know go with like bruce wayne because yeah. it's you know it's really you know it's always the thing that they actually address in this the riddler actually tells him in the movie you know the mask is the real you whatever you are without the mask that's a disguise this is you and every batman movie tries to figure that out and uh i i I read something talking about the christian bale movies where the problem there is there's three of them there's the batman there's bruce wayne in public and then there's the actual guy and it's like no no no, there's not supposed to be an actual guy there's just the fucking batman (laughs) and this one that's what it was he is always the batman Unless he has the mask off, in which case he's doing an act, but you can still see he's Batman. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. don't know. I like, I like, like I like Pattinson in the role. I think he's, I think he's going to be a good Batman. My, my problem with this movie really was the editing. It does not justify a three-hour runtime. No, no, cut no. it down again. If they'd have <laughs> cut all that stuff at the end, so that Batman could have a hero moment, 
Uh, yeah, it would have been perfect. I do love the thing where he takes his little bat knife. He's holding on to this electric cable that's electric, you know, going to electrocute everybody. And he snaps it. But the moment he snaps it, he gets electrocuted. And you see his whole face just go slack as he drops. And I was like, that's very well done. <laughs> as an actor decision, I am now unconscious. Very well executed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's definitely an improvement over the bat flex stuff, but it's still left me wanting and yeah. the, i mean and the, say what you will about the riddler character but it always just sort of reminded me too much of incredibles 2 with screen slaver it was that same sort of thing and that i just couldn't get past so i don't know <laughs> i don't know sorry i had to kick that out so yeah okay well thank you okay so so chris we just sabotaged you you had werewolf by night what else uh that's pretty much it i mean i've got other extraneous okay. stuff but it's nothing that's really worth a topic of conversation <laughs> so i'm good well eric what yeah. is worthy of a topic of conversation seriously it's it's halloween scary time so i wanted to think about okay all, all, horror movies are basically one of two things a scary real person coming to kill you or a supernatural ghost thing come to well kill you right and and mm. logically, you should be afraid of the psycho killer because that can actually happen and a ghost can't. But I've always been more scared of the supernatural stuff because it's not explainable, because it's not real. You know, a psycho killer, I can sort of mentally wrap my head around uh, a, a demon. I can't. And and so I, I was just curious what you guys find scarier when i think of the horror movies that actually have scared me we're watching the Dahmer uh miniseries on netflix and yeah. i'm not scared of him i'm just grossed out by him but okay you know, then you watch so, the exorcist <laughs> and you go yeah yeah so eric so let, let me let me understand the parameters a little bit here because what's mm -hmm. not there is monsters and and i i'm not sure where some of like the the big you know, most popular horror villains fall. Like, I think Freddy Krueger is in ghosts in, in yeah. your version of thing because he's supernatural. Right. I'm not sure where Michael Myers comes in because he's kind of a psycho killer, but he's also got this sort of inability yeah. to be killed thing. Yeah. So, like, I, I guess, do we just I guess the, the, easy way to, the easy way to answer that is, have you ever been scared by... Freddy Krueger or Mike Myers or uh, Michael Myers, I, I'm supposed so, to say, no. aren't I? Yes on Freddy Krueger. Really? No. Yes on... Now, so bear with me a little bit. So the first time I saw Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one, was at a Halloween party where my last name was Krueger. And yeah. the vibes I was getting off of everybody else weren't awesome. And then when I... It's just a fucking movie, When I kids. went home... Uh, well, but when I went home, I had the house to myself for whatever reason. I don't know. My mom was doing something. And and so I had to go to sleep in an empty house right. having watched that. Wah, wah. And that was the thing about the first Nightmare on Elm Street was the whole deal was to be afraid of falling asleep uh -huh. and to keep yourself up. And that just makes it worse and worse. Like, that was a really good... Mindfuck. Right. Yeah. And and yeah, that got me. 
My ruling, okay. my ruling is that's a supernatural bad guy then, because you weren't afraid of a guy breaking into your house with knives and chopping you up. You were afraid <laughs> yeah. of like the sleep goblin getting yeah. you. Yeah, that's right. That's like, right. Well, I'll tell you, like the the I remember the first like true horror movie that I saw that really kind of freaked me out was the first time I saw the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I watched it at a friend's house. I was like maybe 14 or 15 and then had to walk home like three or four blocks like after midnight. <laughs> Remember when they and, used to let kids walk yeah, home? Yeah, right. I bet that doesn't happen at all no, anymore. No, not anymore. <laughs> but I was basically walking home alone after that and I was just really kind of uh, hyper aware of everything because that's a movie where it's like these people are just genuinely psychotic and they'll kidnap strangers and just skin them alive and play with them like toys and whatnot. And that's just, that's yeah. terrifying to me. That's like people under the stairs, that, right? That kind of vibe. Mostly the early West Craveny kind of stuff as well. I mean, it's just that could conceivably happen, and that kind right. of freaks me uh, out. So, so you're afraid of killer rednecks? Uh yeah. I mean, I lived in Texas for and twenty I think, years, so yeah. And that's the more rational fear. I mean, that's the that's the thing. You should be more afraid of the actual human being with an actual knife because both of these things demonstrably exist right you know i remember as a kid i was terrified of uh the amityville horror something that can't happen you know Mm -hmm. none of that shit can happen in fact the amityville horror is based on a true story that's not true yeah i do know that (laughs) i absolutely know that for a fact true story that's not true yeah yeah it's, it. it turned out it was a guy who was like running a con you know and his kids are like my dad was you know an asshole who so way to have, get out of a bad real estate deal. I'll tell you though, Eric, have you ever seen uh, The Haunting? Like 1960, it's one of the Robert, Robert Wise so. movies. Uh, but basically it's uh, like it, it's, it's set in like this 90 year old uh, house and they, there's like a, a ghost supposedly in there and somebody brings in all these like uh, sort of psychic type people who just can sense right. things and they slowly go nuts because the house is truly fucking haunted. And oh. it's so creepy from start to finish because they all are just insane because they can all sense it, but can't explain it. This is so funny. This was one of the few TV channels on that boring cruise was uh Turner classic movies. Right. And one of the movies that was playing was the haunting. Okay. It's like not until you said that that I realized that's the movie I watched. So yeah, yeah I watched it last week. <laughs> it's fucked up, right? It's fucked up. Yeah. It's very well it's done. The, and and I watched, you know, I, I didn't watch it the first time until a while like several years ago. So I was I was a grown ass man and I watched yeah. it in like the afternoon on like Turner Classics like you, like you and I was really freaked out. <laughs> like I just yeah. I sat there watched the whole thing. It was like middle of the day it wasn't even dark out but i came in away from it i was like i'm kind of i just i'm freaked out man it's like are there are there ghosts in my house right now it's like what was that creek i mean it's literally that kind of vibe and so yeah because they don't really show you anything except miss money penny looking weird yeah yeah it's yeah we're gonna have to do a show sometime on the sort of genre fiction genius of robert weiss because he was early on doing sci-fi and horror but in a sort of straight right uh, quality way. So there you go. But uh then you get but what you're ruling on movies that are about psychos that are ghosts like the the Freddy Krueger bit, but 
not supernaturally, but like, uh, mm-hmm. like frighteners, like, even though that's a comedy, uh, mm-hmm. that's still, that's sort of both. Cause it's, it's basically yeah. the, the ghost of a psycho haunting Michael J. Fox. Who's well, the, the psychic Friday the 13th yeah. is also basically, I mean, at least he's corporeal. You're not yeah. afraid of, well, yeah. In the early, in right? the early ones, frightening. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Frighteners, I was never afraid, though, of yeah, yeah. the killers. In the, I I w- but in Frighteners, I remember being scared that moment when the cop car pulls away and there is a ghost sitting in the back seat, just like Michael <laughs> J. Fox said there was. That was like, ah! Those, those yeah. moments where it's like, that's not supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. That's not supposed to be real. Yeah. Well, yeah. But then it also brings to mind, uh, like, The Shining. Which is just like the book is just a straight up ghost story, but the way Kubrick does it, it's it could basically just be that the alcoholic has gone crazy in stir and is trying to kill his family. That's what I love right. about the movie, and that's that to me is genuinely terrifying as well. It's like the idea of a of a parent, a responsible person who just loses their shit just completely. And is so delusional and just attempts to kill everyone around them. It's like that, right. that to me right. makes that more horrific than just a ghost story. Because the, the book I read, I'm like, ah, <laughs> eh, whatever. But I watched the movie and it fills you with so much dread because it's literally just about an alcoholic that goes nuts. I mean, and yeah. that's scary. To I think me, that's why so. Stephen King hates it so much. It's yeah. better than anything he's ever done. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody adapted something into better. Right. So, uh, I don't know. So. Yeah, I mean, so so for some of this, I think it's it's kind of like other pop culture, like music or whatever. It you fixate on the things that were big when you were like somewhere between the ages of we'll just say like eleven and fifteen or something like that, right? Like, right. and for us, that's like eighty to eighty six or whatever, right? Which is a heyday for slasher films, and it's a heyday for supernatural stuff. And one of the, I think, the classics of that era is a is is an haunted house story, and that's Poltergeist. Yeah, I would, Poltergeist yeah. fucked yeah. us all up. I, like it did. I love the fact that that's actually a Steven Spielberg movie, but because of the way yeah. that this the scheduling went out, he he could basically they I don't remember the whole nine yards, but basically Toby Hooper got the, the top billing, but that's literally a Steven Spielberg movie. And it's like, dude, if you made more movies like that and jaws, you would yeah. be so much better in my estimation, but whatever. <laughs> but yeah, Poltergeist yeah. is genuinely creepy. Yeah. I guarantee you. I, I, I could never quite, I remember always watching that and going, there's no way this isn't a Steven Spielberg movie. Right. right? Because the way he frames it everything. Right. Yeah. It's that same way of, he has a he has a good way of making you believe that the family on screen is a family, yeah. you know, yes. and surrounding it with current reality, well, not 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 product placements, but actual. This is the way people live. This, these are the cars they drive. These are the houses they yeah. live in. This is the way they talk to each other. Well, I think that when makes, you then throw in a fucking you know like monster ghost, yeah, that makes it scary. Well, I think what I think what makes it so good is that he was pretty much at the height of his filmmaking and he had sense enough to do the slow build because it starts off and it's just a genial like family in the suburbs kind of thing. And you've got like the early scenes with Joe Beth Williams, like taking the kid and she's sliding across the floor 
and then the shit with the chairs in the Mm -hmm. kitchen and it's all sort of innocuous fun and then it just gets incrementally darker and darker and right. darker until the end is like, yeah, took the king of corpses away, but you did la la la. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> like, oh shit. And it's just like the slow build to that crescendo. And it just, as yeah. a kid watching it the first time, it just, it did me over, man. It did a number on me. So that's a good choice, Brian. I applaud you so, for that. Yeah. By the way, there's a, there's a documentary series on Disney plus called light and magic, which is an ILM documentary. And in one of the episodes, they do show how ILM did the shot of the house imploding and getting sucked into a vortex. Oh, yeah. Um, which in 1981 or whatever, that was all practical, right? So <laughs> yeah. That, that one shot took months to prepare, and they had one take to get it right. Yeah. yeah. So, so And you, it was anyway. amazing. Yeah. So yeah. When, it's when, very memorable. Sorry, guys. Well, yeah. Well, there are certain scenes in that movie, too, that are indelible. Uh, like the the tree and then the weird the stake and the maggots yeah yeah that's the one that got me like watching it for the first time and the guy's like eating the chicken leg or whatever in the kitchen and then he puts it down and then he looks again and like the maggots start crawling out of it i mean that he starts pulling his face apart yeah i mean i was like (laughs) oh god that's right yeah i mean i fuck that movie yeah i was like maybe like (laughs) 13 the first time i saw it so it was like a year or two after it came out, and I think I just watched it on like HBO or something, and I just lost my shit. I mean, I think it was in my grandparents' basement, staying with them one summer, and I just watched it late at night, and I just was like all by myself in this dark, quiet basement <laughs> watching this <laughs> shit going on, and it just weirded me out big time. Very effective. That's so weird, because I... There must be something literally wrong with me, because when I think of that film, the scariest part for me was none of that. It was when they review the footage and there's all these ghosts walking down the stairs. To me, that's yeah. scarier than anything in that film. Oh, no, no. Because it's once like, again, that's not supposed to be real. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just it. It's like there's so much in it and it's all just a slow build to the point where Carrie Ann gets sucked into the void and then it becomes that Twilight zone type episode uh, where mm-hmm. they got to well, get her back. So, I, you know. You, you kind of mentioned this, Chris, but I wonder if Poltergeist plays as well for other generations, because because one of the things that, that you mentioned was he so perfectly nails the aesthetic of what it was like to be a kid at that point in time in a house that looked exactly like that, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. like, it was so believable, and that was the thing is, it's like, this could be your house, the house you're in right now. Like, look around you, the house you're in. Yeah, maybe there's ghosts coming down the stairs, Eric. You know, like, <laughs> right? it yeah, was, it was know. very much you that. Uh, so, yeah. so yeah, I I can't really argue the point with you, Eric. I know I know you were hoping to have a a debate about psychos versus ghosts, but yeah, I think I'm a ghost person. <laughs> I I am too. Yeah, I think it's, I yeah. and and. It's like, yeah, practically, I should be afraid of uh, psychotic killers, even though I have never seen one of those either. Yeah. But, yeah, if, 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 like, any ghost popped into my room, I would shit myself, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just it. It's sort of, uh, I think it depends on who does the movie, because there are so many ghost films that are just not effective. They're just clunky, and who gives a shit? But when you get the yeah. ones that just sort of take it to that next level and actually 
work the atmosphere and the vibe and know how to just instill that weird needle of dread in your spine uh, through the whole thing. Those are the ones that get me. But the like yeah. the vast majority of horror movies in general, I just watch going, eh, okay, whatever. Yeah. Next. But then you get yeah. into the stuff like Psycho with Norman Bates. It's the same thing. It that it's it's a thriller, but I don't exactly feel any sort of dread. It's just a little too flashy, flashy well, for me. My problem with those you, psycho killer movies is yeah. I always identify with them, and I like figure out why they are who they are. <laughs> okay, you know, okay. it's like by the end of Psycho, I'm like, yep, yep, okay, I get this. You know, okay. <laughs> when yeah. I'm watch while watching this Dahmer thing, um, it's not like I like him or identify with him personally, but I they 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 tell you how you make a Dahmer, and it's right. you know, it's a very okay. specific set of ingredients, but you're right. gonna get a fucked up person like this okay psycho is an interesting one in that again i don't think our generation could experience it the way no, that's the, true. That's true. the audience did when it came out right psycho was a rug pull you weren't supposed to know uh that the lead actress was going to get killed in the shower but by the time any of us had seen the movie we'd seen that shower scene like a zillion yeah. times yeah well, Here's so your newspaper. No Here's, Here's your newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's also the same with The Exorcist. I think uh, I was talking to a friend of mine last week, and he had watched The Exorcist with someone who had never seen it before, like had managed to go like decades and had never seen it. And he was sort of like, eh, you know, it was okay. But it's hard to, like, like you say, it's hard to explain that early uh, weirdness to someone who's seen yeah. it through the lens of decades. Like the Omen and the Exorcist, Psycho, etc. It's just sort of, uh, yeah. You probably have to be it's, there to enjoy it. Yeah, maybe. it's the curse of of Hitchcock. Now is that he was so influential that he right. influenced everybody, and sure. so now like all the things he right. did that were for the first time, you know, fucking mind blowing. <laughs> you've seen a hundred times. Yeah, it, they're almost cliche. Well, yeah. Well, picking up on that too, like for for Psychos. Uh, like the one that gets me because it's so conceivably real is when Brett Easton Ellis wrote American Psycho and then it became the movie with, uh, what's his face, Batman later. Christian Bale. Uh, Christian, Christian Bale. Bale. Yeah. Like that character of Patrick Bateman is so unnerving to me because that is something that I just, I don't look at it and go, that could never happen. I look at it and go, oh, that could absolutely fucking happen. Yeah. Like a kid born with a yeah. silver spoon in his mouth, just rich beyond belief, and just bored with life, and so just loses all his humanity and starts killing people randomly. I mean, that I can conceivably see happening, and that just, that's frightening. <laughs> I mean, they nail that vibe, and it's just, you know, people talk, look at it and they think, well, that's so over the top. I'm like, no, that could totally happen. Hmm. I see that. Maybe that is... You know that is maybe that's what's missing from the uh, uh, psycho killer movies is they never make it apparent that this could happen to you that this right. is a real threat out there. Yeah. Well, like where American Psycho elevates it though is is from the novel as well as is where he he sets it up where it's just all this banality. Like Bateman just says lists of clothing and brands and labels and his opinions on just the most generic fucking music. And it's all just sort of parlays into, like, this guy has zero humanity in his system. It's just all been browbeat out of him for whatever reason. It's just all consumerist. 
And it just it's the perfect encapsulation of like the late eighties into the nineties. I mean, it's just still relevant to me today. And it's just it's gutting when I read it because it's just oh I don't think any of this is overblown. I think this could totally be a blueprint for somebody somewhere. And that's the most frightening thing at all. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's there's a movie I watched not too long ago uh, called Thoroughbreds with Anna Taylor Joy and Anton Yelchin. Oh, I keep meaning to watch um, that one. Good. Yeah, and and the characters in this are are basically sociopaths. They just do not give a shit. You know, they, right. they just don't have any emotional. Or at least there's one who's who's clearly that, and then there's another one who I think wants to be that. But but yeah, they're planning the death of another character and um it's it's not scary right and and part of it is that maybe maybe american psycho is closer to this in, in that these are also very privileged rich people right and so it's there's a disconnect unlike poltergeist i can't relate to any of these characters <laughs> right so they're all kind of held at a remove and then they themselves are emotionally unattainable so so there's kind of a it it doesn't connect right in the same way that that but like american psycho i can see like oh yeah i could totally see how some jackass goes down that path yeah um no, yeah i i get you uh but it's also the same as like if you look at other movies with like psychos in them. Like it made me think of uh uh Ready or Not. Because in that one, like that entire family is nothing but psychos. And so you end up mm-hmm. they're chasing the girl, but they do it in such a way that it's fun because she becomes like their <laughs> their avenging angel and just wipes them all out. And so it's just it's a fine line because you can you can either do it totally serious, in which case it's just a total uh, I don't know. It's they can be a slog to get through, like like movies like Monster or whatever, where it's just people mm-hmm. killing people because they're just nuts. But then you get to ones where they make it kind of fun, like Heather's Ready or Not or whatever, where it's like okay, the, 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 there 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 you go. I don't I don't get scared by, and again, I don't find credible any character that just kills. For no reason, right? Mike Myers in the Halloween movies, just oh, you're you're a moving person, and I'm in the scene. I guess I'm killing you now. You know, <laughs> right. just yeah, yeah. no fucking reason. Like it's much more interesting. Um, the problem with if those there is a motivator. The problem always with those though is that they make the killer the main character, and it's like mm-hmm. the killer's just supposed to be the fact. You're supposed yeah. to be like siding with the person getting killed. They have the backstory. You know, it's like they're trying to get you to identify with the victim, but they can't because all the sexy shit is the guy walking around with a machete, Well, it seems, at least with the original uh, Halloween, it's sort of like Michael Myers is just a void. And I think the way that it's originally set up is, and this is just my theory, but it's so that you can project whatever onto him. But otherwise, he's just a hulking empty that walks around. And I think that's what makes the original, like, first iteration of Michael Myers show powerful is that it's just a void that you project your own shit onto but as you get into like the fifth and eighth and tenth sequel it's just sort of all of that is gone and it's just literally just a a dude that goes around killing people because that's what you need for the story to happen so yeah by that time it's economics right it's like we put out Mm -hmm. x amount of budget we get y amount of return you know so let's (laughs) just keep doing this yeah 
Okay, the, the scariest psycho killer movie, though, I, I want to put in here, I don't know if you've ever seen it, Eden Lake. It's no. uh, Michael Fassbender and I think Kelly Riley. Um, and, okay, it's this couple in England, and they go out into the country to have, like, a romantic, you know, weekend drive, whatever. And there's a bunch of hooligan kids who start fucking with them. They end up running, like, basically for their lives from these hooligan kids who just kill people. and. The whole time you're thinking, no, 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 this could happen because these these aren't like crazy hooligan kids. These are regular hooligan kids who have no boundaries and there's no cops anywhere. And I think the, you know, it's like the lack of society to protect you is what makes it really scary. It is so dark. Mm. It is so unbelievably fucking dark. You've got to see this film if you really want to have a bad day. Oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it's but also Who doesn't. Yeah, I don't think you can see movies like that nowadays, though, because the because the one for me, like, it's hard to rewatch because it's just so fucked up. But it's uh, when Roman Polanski made The Tenant in like 1976, and he's the lead actor in this as well. But it's basically just about this dude who begins to identify with uh someone who's tried to commit suicide and it's got a little vibe of psycho in it and this and that but it's just literally about like a, this very uh creepy little lonely guy that just loses his mind in this apartment building and it's just so it's nothing but just atmosphere i guess that's probably what gets me is when the directors know how to do the dread and they just mm-hmm. keep ratcheting it up and ratcheting it up because it's just, ugh, and it's just fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> they know why something is scary. Yeah, I, I, I sometimes think that's the problem. Is they're they're not they're not concerned with scary. They're concerned with, yeah, economics. Yeah, but when you understand why something's scary, yeah, they knock it out of the park. Yeah, I'd love to see that. I've never heard of that. Oh yeah, check it out sometime. It is. It's. I don't want to give too much away, but basically, it's just a, a mounting like paranoia in the character, and he just slowly just unravels, and it's just, uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, so those are the ones that get me. But like ghost stories, I think for me, the one that's still that's like the most fun is only because if you give Christopher Walken an inch and let him take the mile it's <laughs> fabulous and his his take on sleepy hollow is just that's what makes that movie so watchable is is him as the the spectral <laughs> killer right. and it's just because he's just so out of it with the teeth and the crazy hair and he's just doing his thing and he doesn't even really have dialogue it's just christopher walken being this weird like entity i yeah yeah, you, you, you basically get the mixture of Tim Burton and the guy who wrote 8mm. Yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a great mix. So, <laughs> and it's, yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to update sort of a 19th century uh, gothic horror type tale, I mean, that would be the one that sticks out for me, because they actually took it and made it something more interesting, because Washington Irving is okay, but... Uh, when you get Tim Burton to do Washington Irving, it's a whole other beast. It's so fun. Yeah, but you know, Johnny Depp still at the height of his powers when they did that. I was still a fan. Yeah, but oh well. But uh, so Brian, 
Oh, no, go ahead. Sorry. Well, this is so, so Eric, you're, you lean towards psychos cause you just don't believe in ghosts. Right. And so what's your, what are your, your stance, Brian? Like which line are you on? Ghosts or psychos? No, I'm, I'm a ghost person all the way. And, and part of that is I'm just, I'm a fan of like creativity right. <laughs> and special effects. Gotcha. And, and so, yeah, the, when they really kind of, break out of reality and go nuts like eric mentioned the guy just starts ripping off his face for no reason and poltergeist and then they cut away from it hard cut and there's no explanation and they don't come back it's just like <laughs> that kind of thing yeah, yeah that's yeah. my jam okay yeah. okay uh so i think i've i've been more weirded out by psychos in the movies than i have by ghosts so i think i'm gonna have to lean towards that that's just my bag because the the ghost yeah. stories that do it right are really really creepy but they're so few and far between for me that uh i just can't pick that side so there you go psychos win yeah i think the others is 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 it by the way a ghost story that's that uh, to me is totally scary even though in the end it's not a horror movie right but again the supernatural stuff is what yeah to me is that's my supernatural pick and my crazy pick. What's your supernatural <laughs> pick and crazy pick? Have you already said? I would think uh, I think Poltergeist is probably the most indelible for me, just because I saw it at the right age, and it's such a touchstone for the Spielberg generation. Yeah, so it's it's, it's hard. It's to, hard to top. Yeah, it's hard to. I mean, you there are other movies that are arguably better, like The Haunting or whatever. But I just yeah. It's it's just from it's it's just that indelible moment from your childhood where it's like probably the first real scary movie that that did me over, because there's a kid in it that just you know gets fucked up and then another kid that also gets fucked up and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's that's it. But whatever. Fair enough. All right. Well, what's your uh, favorite scary movie? Where really do you fall on the good. line? You, are you are you are you afraid of psychos? Are you afraid of ghosts? Are you afraid of your parents? Or Let us know because we want to hear. Yeah, <laughs> psycho ghost parents. Yeah. yeah. All I wanted <laughs> was a Pepsi, but you wouldn't give it to me. Just We're not asking Pepsi. for your money or your Patreon dollars. We just want your comments. Yeah. So look for us, magnificently huge on Facebook, Mag Huge on Twitter, MagHuge.com. Where else are we? Have we are we doing TikToks yet? What's TikTok? Probably not. Yeah, right. we're old. I think we I think yeah, but we, you can. We're not on the internet. You can uh, yeah. catch <laughs> us over on Truth Social, at <laughs> catch all of our truths. Uh, yeah, uh, I think that's subscribe to the podcast, scary. rate it on iTunes. Come back next week, guys. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> <laughs>